I think at the core of what we're doing is with the festival and in general is creating more space for people to just hear music. Most people buy tickets to go see people that are famous, but I think to just go and experience music and just like the environment around it. Lizzo was great before she was famous. Right, yeah. Right? And everybody that came to that show was just like, she's amazing. Yeah. And the other artists. But there's so many pe people still down where Lizzo was that are also great. Yeah. Like I think sometimes when people are talented, they start feeling entitled to success or, or something. It's nice having a 10 year old daughter. I get, I get permission to go to kids movies and I get permission to listen to pop music. Yeah. It's great. <laughs>
and I, I picked San Diego because I knew somebody here. And I was like, ah, it's close to LA. We'll get up there. I didn't really understand the dynamic, but but Boise came up on the list. So I was like, I never even heard of this place. Yeah, interesting. That's <laughs> but cool. I hadn't gone, but that was my only like reference. Huh. Um, but when I got here, I lived out in a five mile and like Overland area uh-huh. and just started practicing. And then we'd come down here every once in a while to play. Yeah. But I didn't start getting downtown like until yeah. we started playing a lot. And then yeah. Yeah, I grew up five mile and McMillan essentially. Yeah. So go over by where Hewlett Packard is. And growing up, like I always say, I grew up in Boise, but I really just grew up in suburbia anywhere. Yeah. Like I didn't come downtown a ton. And, well, especially so. back like growing up, I mean, it's like has to be super rural. And kind of. Yeah, there was definitely there was a lot more open space around that area. But there was, I know, you know, and I was based in high school in the '90s, and like there was obviously. This is kind of first wave of the scene kind of doing well around here, but I wasn't really paying attention to it. Yeah. I mean, I saw Built Spill play across the street from the record exchange and was sort of getting into them. But yeah, like it's interesting, you know, reflect back on like just how clueless I was. Yeah. yeah. I actually never heard of them until uh-huh. I moved here. here. Yeah. And they're like, they're our most yeah. famous act of yeah. Boise. I was like, I still don't know. <laughs> yeah. But I love being in a small city, especially traveling a lot. Like I love cities. But I also like smaller communities, mm-hmm. and Boise is just like a good mix of, like you said, it's centralized, so everyone comes to the same area, which is nice. So yeah. you, it's a lot easier to sort of like feel the like the dynamics of the town, you know. And so. Yeah, I mean, and I think so because I mean, obviously, you have a lot, like, or we have a lot, but especially because of like building out Tree Fort. Now we have the hall, and now like the Shriners playing more, and so we're getting more and more venues. So then the more stuff is happening, I feel like um, it's like when you have one bar that uh there's no, nothing else nothing around. around it's totally. tough to like yep build something exactly but so bringing in other bars even though it feels like yeah. competition actually ends up being good for everyone thousand percent venue density is super important that's one thing so you know pre-starting tree fort i played like south by southwest and cmj in new york and music Festival Southwest, these other multi-venue festivals and i still go to them i love them but most of them you have to like uber between venues like boise is downtown yeah. itself it's 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 dense and most of the you know there's some other venues in the area that aren't in that general core that are great but um it lends itself really well to this multi-venue festival Mm -hmm. style because everything is so walkable and it's cool you have to uber and south by southwest to get i mean you essentially have but i I went to pop montreal in montreal last year and it's a little more spread out it was literally almost every single venue you had to jump in an uber to get to the next one yeah and you just realize how spoiled we are and then music fest northwest in portland which multi-venue festival ran five to eight years. I don't know, but it was, there was venues, there there, there was pockets of venues, but they were, they were on both sides of the river. And it was just sort of like, oh, you sure, know, it's yeah. like, like you said, kind of being, be, being in San Diego, you just kind of commit to one neighborhood mm-hmm. and you're less likely to go to everything else. Right. Which I get is it's cool. But, and South by it's then you, you, it's just so it's, it's, it, there are things you can go all the way to, the, yeah. but you, if you were trying to get to some, that's a long walk. Yeah, know? I mean, so. that's a big city. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. So, anyways, to your point, and then I I agree as now with these new venues in place, and then like place like Realms and other you know people Reef is bringing music back, and it's all of mm-hmm. a sudden like there's this like density, and some people think of it as like, like I said, it's I mean healthy friendly competition actually drives the market. Yeah. And for the consumer, they're like more likely like, hey, let's go downtown. There's a bunch of options. You know? Right. Like, yeah. If, if I'm going yeah. just for one music yeah. act, I'm like, eh, yeah. there's nothing else going on. Yeah. Or, I mean, that's my struggle with going out to like the Revolution for a show. Well, the venue sucks anyway. But even <laughs> if I wanted to go to, um, yeah. what's that venue? Visual Arts Collective. <laughs> yeah. Which I love. But that's and, actually yeah. close to my house. So I'll pop down there. Yes. Because I go great. up Orchard. but. <laughs> So, um, yeah, that's the one thing. And so Sam from Visual Arts Collective is, uh, in fact, last year he helped run this venue during Tree Tree Fort, and he's been involved with the festival ever since the beginning. But um, I used to do sound there when I first moved here, and I just love the core of what Sam's doing at Visual Arts Collective, but it is just, like, just far enough away, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it feels like, I don't know, I guess maybe now that I – I mean, I go out to Meridian a lot and mm. then mm-hmm. go to, like, I, so I live up Orchard, so yeah. it's really just down the way um, to there. It's probably about the same distance to get downtown or to the Visual Arts Collective. So, and then if I'm riding bike, you know, if it's, you know, seasonal, then it's just like, I'll pop down the Green Valley, get downtown, which isn't bad. But I, um, there's cool. another venue yeah. right by, 
it's it's a bar, but then they have uh, musical acts, um, Ironwood Social. Oh yeah, yeah. And they have more. Uh, I don't know how to explain it. Like we used to play there, or we played there uh-huh. once or twice way back. They seem a little more like country focused. Well, it used yeah. to be a place called Shorty's. Like when mm-hmm. I was growing up, that's like, when I played. My, my parents would go down there and dance, and, like country dancing uh-huh. and stuff. Yeah, exactly. There was uh, I did I helped out like doing video for a charity out there, and they brought in this um, like cover band, but they had everything together. Like lights, um, saxophone players, like sound, everything dialed in. Um, and I was like, oh man, I forgot about this venue. Yeah. But um, but yeah, if somebody was be like, hey, I'm doing a show out here, I'm like, ah, got to Uber the whole way out there. There's nothing else going on, oh, you right. know. I will say, and I'm very proponent of the density and being, but it is also great. I'm glad there's more venues kind of developing, even that there's a couple in Meridian now, and you know, it's great as far as like entry points into the music scene for. Folks, oh, yeah. plus it's like a big enough valley, like bands could play a Meridian venue and it wouldn't necessarily hurt their Boise draw. Oh, you yeah. Know? It's, like, it's a so, whole different crowd. It's a whole different crowd, you know? Yeah, so. I have a friend that um, owns a bar out there and they, it's it was a struggle at first mm-hmm. to get anyone from Boise to go out there. It's like yeah. you only have your local Meridian yep. people, but there was one bar that stayed open until two or uh-huh. something. Yeah. And now there's, I think, four or five. Oh, so. Cool. Cuna has a view and yeah I, yeah i've never actually been to bars me, out there. me neither it's crazy <laughs> Every, i i rarely i mean i even like grow up that way i rarely head, head out what's up what did you guys have last night uh these guys throw like a variety of events it's pretty reggaeton focused okay. but, uh, at the hall yeah right here yeah it was great a lot of people out and, yeah um i'm i uh, have a bunch of friends that only come down for reggaeton night until uh-huh. i go to the tree for a hall and i'm just yeah, like wait what's exactly. going on totally yeah. It's cool. It's fun. Man, uh, so the first time was last last tree four was when you opened, right? Yeah, bar- the, the we hall. barely got it open in time. So we're yes. sitting in like the green room uh-huh. for one of them. Yeah, but uh, I like I think Jeremy probably let it slip that it was opening like a month before. And I was just like, wait, what? <laughs> and he's like, no, a whole venue. I was like, what? I was like, I thought they were just redoing the movie theater uh-huh. and stuff. You know, I had uh-huh. no idea. And so um, when I went there, like this year, like, I was I was on a bunch of mushrooms. <laughs> walked in, and I was like, "Holy, Holy shit! shit. <laughs> totally. This place yeah. is so dope." It's funny because outside, we were talking about this last night too. It's like it's a little like people that it's a little unassuming on the outside, mm-hmm. but then you open it up, it's all like, "What? This yeah. is amazing. like what is this place?" Yeah, yeah. and I mean, like the That's lighting. Cool. I, I remember seeing some. I mean, it's just some band I don't remember, but just yeah. like seeing the light on each individual art artist or each like individual. Uh, person in the band i was like man they look like fucking rock stars yeah, yeah. totally yeah fun. and then upstairs open and stuff yeah and, and pretty cool just like from you know i also love the storyline but the narrative around the fact that it was an office depot so it was like a big box store mm-hmm. that we converted into an art space and um in the in downtown core you, you know and I'm, I'm yeah it's it's funny like our team obviously put a lot of attention into building it and how it was designed but it's sort of exceeded even our expectations. You know, it's like you, you can only, you can do, a, you know, being in a band, you can relate to this, you like bust your ass, do all these things. And it doesn't always come, you know, yeah. fi- find the outcome you're seeking. So, yeah. so far we've been really pleased with how, how, how it's been functioning and artists have been really excited about it. And, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, obviously you have like a great, um, you know, like having shower facilities for artists and yep. stuff like that. Laundry. And laundry. Nice. Yeah. And I still haven't figured out in life how to, uh, get to like putting in so much effort into something mm. and losing your expectation over it and i mean it's like it feels like impossible because yeah. it's like when you put in that much work it's like you have to have expectation and then if it doesn't go your way it's just such a bummer yeah i don't know i feel like touring kind of took that like i don't know i just i guess when i entered the music world in general i well actually i entered it from like i just wanted to i've my wife, I think we were married. Yeah, we were married by then. Um, she's a great musician, and I was just like trying really hard. And I just wanted to play one show. Like I just like, you know, I just wanted the experience of playing one show. And so I just, they're a little bit on the music side. I feel like it's been gravy ever since. And so like, I think my perspective of that's always been like it's all been bonus. So when I was touring and stuff, I don't know. I just, yeah, I just got used to rolling with the punches and just realized you can only do so much. But like, at least feel good about yourself if you did everything you could to make it go the way you wanted to, right? Yeah. But then I, I don't know, I just said, I, for whatever reason, especially with touring, I just started embracing it as just a journey and an experience and and like just enjoying even the, the not great things as just like fascinating, <laughs> you know, I don't know. So it really helped me perspective wise when we started the festival and stuff of like, 
you know, it's just being able to roll with punches and I don't know. Um, how many years did it take you to learn to enjoy the shitty parts? <laughs> I, I, like I said, I kind of entered it really embracing that. I was in some other bands before with some musicians who, um, similarly just that they, that, that, what, that wasn't, didn't come easy for them or they had different, like high expectations. Yeah. So I think just having low expectations was kind of helpful. Yeah. Like, especially cause I came in as pretty untalented, I think. So it kind of helped me just like. <laughs> So it's just sort of, I was, just, you know, it was a little bit of a punk rock philosophy of just like, I'm just going to do this. I'm going to make yeah, it happen. But I also realized that I don't, like, I think sometimes when people are talented or they've been told they're talented or they measure up, they start um, feeling entitled to success or, or something. Sure. Right. So I think there was a degree for me that was like, I don't deserve any of this. <laughs> so, okay. so I'm going to enjoy every, every parts of it. I guess. I think that, that might sense? have been, that, yeah, that might yeah. have been part of my problem because, yeah. <laughs> and this is the problem being, I grew up in such a small town. Uh-huh. So then yeah. you're like, if you're the most talented one in that small town, yeah. they're like, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, you should totally be yeah. like, you yeah. go, you should play rock and roll. Yeah. You're going to make it. Uh-huh. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I am going to make there. it. They're totally. like, what? Why is this yeah. not working out? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I like I've been doing photo video now for I mean a couple of years. I went full time last year, and uh, God, I keep telling myself enjoy the process, enjoy the process. But I really still haven't learned to enjoy it when it sucks. <laughs> when it sucks, though, like, I'm still I'm yeah. like I'll enjoy like a win. I'm like hell yeah, it's yeah, finally starting yeah, to click. Yeah. And then like a week later, it just falls apart or something, and I'm just like fuck this. Yeah. I'm like I'm ready to get out. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I've been talking about some classes recently, and the more I think about it too, I think there's there's this assumption, especially when you were young, that, and then we get to a point where like there's this assumption that something's going to finally break, and then life's going to be easy. And I think I just realized that's actually not the case ever. Like life's always going to have ups and downs, right? And so, so I think if like once again trust in the like process, and so I think that's the other thing is like definitely have bad days, but it's sort of just like. Well, wake up tomorrow it'll probably be better you know yeah does that, does that make sense but a lot of people like feel the weight of like the the setbacks mm-hmm. as if you know they're they're alone in that but I, like i like to say like everyone's body is fucked up everyone's fucking life has bad days like yeah. like it, it's really hard not to feel like you know like i'm singularly struggling i guess mm-hmm. that is a thing that i have noticed everyone is like if you allow yourself to, you're like, I'm the only one who feels this thing. Yeah, it doesn't matter totally. what the thing is, whether totally. you're dealing with a mental disorder or you're dealing with physical yeah. disorders or pr- work pressures. You're like, I'm the only one exactly. who understands. Exactly. Like, no, no. You're not. actually, everybody. Well, I think that's one of the downsides of social media. You know, is it is it most people get these glimpses in everyone's lives? It's just the, the what the positive sides of folks want to show. So they think successful people are just cruising when that's never. I don't think that's really the case either. Everyone, yeah. you know, I've met a lot of people now and like everyone has struggles, you know? So I don't know. That's kind of, I guess, core of my just like process, I guess. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, um, I guess for you, it have to be. I was going to. But it's the same thing of not getting, not letting the successes like over, you know, I guess I'm just kind of fairly calm within that. Yeah. Like I enjoy those things, but I'm also not like, yes, I I've made it, and now I'm just going to, you know, because yeah. then the next day you'll be disappointed when that's not the right. case. <laughs> do you know, um, do you know uh, Gary Vee? He's like a, yeah. he's like a social media, but like business dude. Oh. Gives a lot of. Is he the Shark Tank guy? No, no. he does, um, he <laughs> does a lot, he does, he I has a know. media company, huh. um, but he's like really, really singular focus, going to be successful, but he, he preaches a lot of pro- positivity, but also realism. Yeah. And so he preaches like no expectations like the key ex- to happiness is to have zero expectation on your outcome and then the other thing that he talks about he's like i don't let positives or negatives really affect it. he's always i stays in the middle so if i have a massive win he's like cool you know he keeps moving on if he had, but then he has a massive failure he's like cool cool like, exactly exactly <laughs> and i haven't learned that because yeah. i'm more of like this yeah, kind of guy because totally. that's the thing is you're gonna have both you know and that's the other weird thing I, you know i and I, you know, there's, there's certainly like there's plans with what we do, but like, I feel like I made a pivot point in my life when I was an engineering student. I was like, good at math and stuff, and thought I might go that route because it was a good job. But I just made a, a pivot when I was in my early twenties. I was just like, actually, I think I have time. I'm just going to pursue what I love. And and so I think for me, it's I don't like it wasn't like I'm going to go on tour and I'm eventually going to start my own festival. And 
own a venue like all this stuff has sort of like happened but it wasn't part of even starting the festival like we've been very year to year it wasn't like okay here or even all the forts like all those things we just let organically develop there was no like master plan 10-year plan yeah exactly as much as like i think it's for sure i'm sure there's some good arguments for planning but like but for me it's been more about once again just trusting the process and like just like and staying true to like just as long as it's fun and i'm enjoying it and and it's feeding me then i guess keep going but I don't know. Does that make sense a little bit? Yeah. I'm just responding, you know, like I think even with the festival, how it's developed, we've just responded to what, you know, the inputs, outputs of it and, and evolved with it as opposed to, you can get real protective about your plans. Like, if, you know, if you lay out these big yeah. plans, it's really hard when they go the wrong direction, right, right. you know. That, this is like my baby, so I have like to do It's like my baby, it's got to be this way. Yeah, exactly. No. So, I don't know. Yeah, I've, I feel like I hear, uh, I'll hear advice from both camps because yeah. like, if you listen to just certain successful, you know, I could have another person on be like, what you need to do is you have to, you have to calculate, you have to have this. And then, and I, I think for that type of person, it works. And then for your type of person, this works. And I think I feel myself leading into more of a go with the flow, like yeah. just listening to, yeah. you know, where I'm supposed yeah. to be, like getting yeah. in tune with life or whatever. Totally. Just depends on what your goals are, right? Like that's what's funny too, is like, like for me, my goals are, relatively simple i think i guess i don't really think about them but you know it's just like enjoy my life yeah and and, and like put food on the table for my family i guess right yeah but like yeah i don't know meg it's pretty esoteric but i guess how successful (laughs) you are depends on what kind of food yeah (laughs) yeah but like i think once again coming out of touring like it was like sleeping on floors Mm -hmm. and like scrounging for scraps and yeah. I was having the time of my life. Like, I loved it. Like, yeah. there was, you know, it's like, I think that kind of taught me, like, 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 even, like, there's happiness within, you can find happiness in no matter what your circumstances sure. are, right? Yeah. To, now, I agree, out, outside circumstances can have positive, like, help. Right. But I think if you rely on outside circumstances for your own, like, well-being, yeah. you'll, you'll get disappointed yeah. more often than not. I mean, I guess that's, I don't know. that's why if you go to like a country that doesn't have a lot and you go into these little villages, I mean, I've been to Haiti and found people are just so happy and they're totally wash themselves in the river and you know, exactly. Yeah. So, so it's been interesting too, as more things, physical quote unquote successes have manifested themselves around me though. But it's like, but still not that, you know, I'm not attached to it. Like I, right. I care about it. I want to fight for it. I want to make it work. But yeah. I don't know. Um, call me tomorrow. I might be in a worse, worse mood about it. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to call you no, a good day. Exactly. exactly. Dude, I was actually worried. I was like, man, what if he's a football guy? Isn't it Super Bowl today? No, it's not. I am a football guy, but it's next Sunday. This oh, is the, this pers- is, I'm not this a football is, guy. Apparent, so then I just apparently. all of a sudden thought, I was like, oh, fuck, we might like, this, yeah, this might not work. No, or, you know. Well, actually, today I was like, I got a lot to do. I should, I was like, man, I wonder if next Sunday work for him. I'm like, no, it's the, this is the Super Bowl. Yeah. So I can't. When I'm uh, I'm gonna leave after next Sunday. I'm going to Scottsdale for six weeks. Yeah. So I was like, man, if I can get them in before, then yeah. I'll get it edited, and then I'll have some, you know, yeah. put some clips out or something for you. But um, not that you need it. I was, uh, what was I gonna ask you? Oh, just uh, so I moved here in two thousand. I want to say twelve. So it's been for uh, twelve years, and Tree Four was already going. When did yeah? You it was start? March 20, 2012 was the first one. So you oh, must have. So- just moved here right right after yeah. that. So I didn't I didn't go to the first one. I think we played the next year, but I remember when we because we practiced for a while. We're like we're ready to start a show, or like play shows. And I just remember somebody being like, "Eric Gilbert is the person to contact. He's like the guy." <laughs> and yeah. So I got your email. I think from Utah or something. Like, yeah, yeah, email him. And so that's when we first started like just trying to play the neurologs yeah, or whatever. Yeah. And I, I, we played a couple of like yeah. plenty of other shows, but. The biggest one I feel like we ever played was, well, we played Tree Four. Um, mm-hmm. It must have been 13. We played the district, and that was awesome. But we'd already been playing for a while. But there was a day that you had emailed me, and um, we hadn't practiced in like two weeks. And uh, we were supposed to practice on like this Wednesday night, and it was Tuesday, and you're like, Hey, uh, um, I need an opener for Hot Shell Ray at the Knitting Factory. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, "Oh shit!" And like, like at the time, they were really big. Yeah. 
And we we're like, dude, we need to practice. And I was like, ah, we'll just do we'll it. Just do it. Yeah, <laughs> nice. I was like, and that was the first like bigger show that we played because they were sold out at the yeah. or something. Yeah, um, that's cool. Yeah, that was fun. Wow, it's a long time ago. It was a very long time yeah. ago. But yeah, because yeah, uh, we kind of ended it. Um, Ukiah and Matt both got full-time gigs playing. Like I think he went with Youthagoon and Matt started playing somewhere else. Yeah. And I was burnt out on music and I was like, nah, I'm not yeah, finding the, two new members. Mm-hmm. And so that was, I don't know, a couple of years in yeah. here. Cool. But cool. Then I finally got back into music and, That's great. and art and shit. Yeah. It took me a, took me took a, a while. Bit. Yeah. Yeah. I stopped playing for a few years and during the pandemic, started playing with some guys again. Um, and I wasn't, it's a yearning for it, but it's been nice to be back. You yeah. Know? So it's cool. I feel like speaking of no expectation, I feel like. When I was playing in Fires and Fans, I had a lot of expectation. Yeah. Like, we're gonna yeah, do this totally. thing. And now that I'm playing, I like because I play uh, with Jeremy's band, um, uh, Gypsy Moonrise, and then I play. I've been starting to make some music with a buddy of mine. Cool. And it feels like so like no yeah. pressure. We're so just, nice. Like, are we gonna have fun? Exactly. Are we gonna go just have exactly. a good time? You know? Yeah. I definitely with my old band had you know there was more expectations baked in and effort being put put in and that had its own benefit but i agree now i'm just like just in it for the ride it's great yeah. and it's like it's the best so when you started uh when like when you have an idea to have to start a music festival like, yeah that has to be a new adventure you know and then did you do it did you get like a couple people we're like okay we're gonna plan this thing mm-hmm. or do you just like <laughs> pull it all out by yourself like, no it was i mean so the general like what had happened is I was in between tours. It was pretty active trying to, you know, we had slept on so many floors at that point around the country that it was suddenly like returning the, the favor a lot, taking, you know, helping people find shows in Boise. So I was getting active in the local scene 2011. Um, in fact, that year, my wife and I were both like, we were on a label out of Portland and we were like, we had moved down to Boise in 2009, but we're still touring pretty heavily. It was really I wasn't sold that Boise was where I wanted to be or it could be the town that I wanted to be in, right? Sure. So in 2011, we were like, well, let's just lean in. Let's see, you know, we, we knew we were going to tour less. So we were just, you know, I was leaning in. I was doing sound at the VAC. I was, I'd helped set up a, a bunch of little series and shows and stuff. And then Radio Boise came on. I started doing a radio show at Radio Boise. And then that summer, I got reached out to, like, I think in July or something by Drew LaRona. And he wanted to introduce me to Lori Shandro, who was, um, and I would later find out that um, we met in like August of that year. And she, her husband had passed away a couple of years before that in a plane crash. And she had some money set aside that essentially from that, that from my vantage point, at least she was looking to do something meaningful with. And she was a music fan and she was, yeah. she had kind of grew in her crafted this, you know, they had worked on a business plan. They're like, yeah, let's open a, a music venue. So more artists that we want to see will come here. Right. And mm-hmm. so, um, so anyways, I, but then they started reaching out to agents and agents were like, um, you might want to meet someone who knows anything about the music scene. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, like I think agents get those calls all the time. Like yeah. someone's very green, good intention. So anyways, right. they started asking around and, um, a few different lines pointed to me. So I drew reached out and set up a meeting with Lori and I, and when I met with her, she was like, will you help us set up a few shows? We want to kind of yeah. figure out how this goes. And I was like, oh, I'm doing all the time. That sounds fun. Right. You know? And, and and then we met again a week later, and I had been in conversations with, did you ever know Matt Jones? He was friends with, with Matt Jones, Matt Daly, and some other friends. So simultaneously in a parallel universe, when Drew and I were working on that, I'd been talking to some friends, because I I played South by Southwest in 2010, where it was like the only Boise, or the only Idaho band there. And so I was working on this Boise showcase, but then I'd also been, I'd played CMJ, where I labeled out of Portland, I was playing all these things, and UMS Underground Music Showcase in Denver, another multi-venue festival. We were like, Boise, Boise, it'd be a great spot for something like that. Yeah. But like we were artist kids with no money. Right. And so the collision of Lori and I meeting each other, so I followed up with her initial question of helping us a few shows. A week later, we met again, and I was like, what about this little festival idea? And I pitched it as 60 bands over three days. Yeah. And um and then they got back to me like sure let's that sounds like a fun a fun project so that was kind of the the collision and at that point megan Stoll, one of the other co-founders had been coming to my band finn riggins shows and i started the neurolux like a week later and she was unemployed and she was out of the corporate marketing world and i was like hey i think we're gonna start a music festival you want to you, you want to help yeah. so she jumped on and it was then there was like this groundswell of people who there was some new optimism in the scene at that point but there was a bunch of people 
there's some folks that have been running this thing called Go Listen Boise. So Steph Coyle was involved with that and a few others. Yeah. And so anyways, there was a bunch and I had, I was, I was working at Pie Hole at the time. So I was pretty aware of this, the, the community yeah. and just sort of started inviting others like, Hey, do you want to, you know? And so the cool thing about, I think the foundation of Treeford is I was kind of the only music guy that had experience doing that. I hit up an old friend who was in Oregon at the time who she was the only one that had it, like festival experience. So she kind of helped, okay. helped me with some of the organization stuff, but then everybody else were just like, they were just learning on the fly and just excited, yeah, right? Yeah. And so then it, I mean, it, it was quickly a community project. So yeah. like there was a core of us that were starting to be on the weekly, but we really didn't get going until October, 2011. So the fact we pulled off that first festival in six but, months yeah, is kind of yeah. wild, but I don't know. It was like, I come out of this world where like we were setting up our own shows all the time. Like just, sure. it felt like just setting up a slightly bigger show, you know? Yeah. And so, but then there was like outpouring of volunteers came out and it was like, it suddenly, got a life of its own yeah um that year youth lagoon played the launch party and that was right when youth lagoon was really starting to hit mm -hmm. nationally so there was like kind of this cool wave of energy at the time yeah so anyways that's kind of the long but i had set up similar types of events i was running this thing called ranch fest with my band and other friends it was like a diy like barn party festival oh, interesting. up in fair fairfield so and then we we at that point we were already couple days with like 30 bands so i was sort of used to this dealing with yeah. the the volume of coordination i guess and yeah so yeah that's something i've really never done I yeah was like just curious about i mean like to you yeah. like logistically you have to have so many people like yeah at some mm -hmm. level yeah and i mean i like as a i assume you're very creative <laughs> <laughs> and as a creative yeah it's so hard for me to do logistics yeah. you know so yeah. it's like at some point i'm like i gotta find a logistical partner or some somebody to help me with like a yeah. structure and yeah. you know the yeah this has made me just get heady but i i feel like organizing music there's this organization to it i come out like i do i was like i loved math and i was always good at math so i do have some of that in me too yeah. in fact the creative side of me i think is was a newer side of me than some of the just like okay the logistics side like i was used to being that person around yeah. my friend group you know and so um but i like but this is also and i this may sound dorky but i believe it is like the festival too, like I, I always say this, like I would much rather be in a band with people I can, like, like I want to be around and that they want to try hard than are the most talented people around, right? Yeah. Like, like I think we'll make better music. And mm -hmm. so the nature of the organization Tree Fort was kind of built for me, like retro, retrospectively looking at it as like, just kind of a, like a, like a band, a better, like a kind of a band of bandits, you know, just like yeah. a bunch of folks just caring about stuff. So I think, they're different skill sets of logistics, but I think one skill set I, I am pretty good at, I guess, kind of helping people stay organized. Yeah. Even though I don't know, I'm not a note taker. I'm not really good on other fronts, but man, I am the least organized. <laughs> I, I used for some reason yeah. I like when I was a kid I used to keep my yeah. um, bedroom really neat and stuff, and I have lost all sense of that. And I mean, <laughs> I'll get it. I'll get like my you know my uh podcast studio in, in order like a week and then all of a sudden within a month it's just cluttered and stuff <laughs> yeah I've, i have no organization i'll say that like i i have organization skill sets but really once again the, i think some of the success of treeford is like it was a diverse group of people in a skill sets and backgrounds like Lori is like a, a health insurance per person drew was an mba student i was a music person and everybody kind of you know fit into where they needed to at the team yeah. and made it better you know all of us have different skills right and like this world this girl old friend jenny rose that i brought on she was the the organized one like she was she's like a like a top-notch like private assistant you know oh, or like yeah, yeah, yeah. like executive assistant but had been working in the music fe festival world yeah. so she created a lot of the tools we use now for sure. for like organizing 500 bands and stuff yeah. like that so i'm not that person so i, I don't want to take credit app. for that yes exactly <laughs> exactly so yes yeah so i uh so anyways so then you like i mean did you just see steady growth over time or i mean did, did you see some like swings up and down for i mean the it's, years yeah it's been it's been steadily growing but there's definitely been bumps in the road like because it's it's been a very sh tiny margin of error financially for right. for lots of years yeah. right and so um you know even like la last year was super cold like we, once again we deal with external right externalities that kind of affect it but 
it's been in, it's been slow growth by design too. That's one reason we haven't been trying to chase the biggest headliners in the world. And like we want it to be just like a healthy slow growth thing. But at the same time, it's also it is huge. The organization itself is crazy. Like it scales up to 500 volunteers and a hundred plus people that are contractors working on it, plus security. And I mean, it's crazy the scale of it. Yeah. But at the same time, yeah. So I, but this is also goes back to where we started too. Like there was no like master plan. We just tried to do one yeah. and there was like, oh, that was, and then we just kind of kismet and like a bunch of things. It was really amazing yeah, that well, first gotta, year. And now we got to do it again. And it's been sort of just following that. And then yeah. during the, during the pandemic, it sort of allowed us to take, I mean, it was challenging for one, but once again, just kind of rolling with the punches and a positive like outlook on it. We took the time to rethink like our organization and where if we're going to come back like what is coming back look like that's going to inspire everyone to because at that point we were hitting kind of you know we were like a startup that was still just like very scrappy but very small team that was making anywhere close to a full-time living on it right which is really hard to sustain so yeah if you have everybody has mm -hmm. a side job or like or yeah. a full job and the side yeah. job so basically during the pandemic we a we Rethought, like I said, we worked through our systems a bit and then also just came, you know, talked to the developer that helped us develop Treefort Music Hall and, and end up figuring out a way to take on some other in investors and just kind of decided to, well, if we can build a more of an ecosystem for ourselves year round, that could help us sustain a team and, sure. and actually meet some of the goals we've been trying to get to, which is really like strengthen this music scene and really make it a stop for yeah. a lot of different talent. And back to where we're talking about, I was like, now, especially with all ages venues, there was there was just still these big gaps in in the venue ecosystem, uh -huh. right? And so, like, what happened last year, especially with as much as a Treefort Music Hall, a huge fan of, I think it's accomplishing a lot, but really like Shrine Basements, like a two fifty cap all ages space, like, and then and then not only outside of what we're doing, like Realms and a few others, like we need small all ages uh -huh. space spaces for the scene to really de develop. Yeah. So there's been a lot of things falling into place like in the last year. I think feel like it's been 10 years of us kind of pushing and encouraging the scene to get there right and doing our part but i love seeing so many other people contributing to it now too right yeah but i feel like you were so. saying uh like when you guys started and like the timing of because I, I remember we played the venue a couple times oh yeah but I, I feel like the timing wasn't there and so they were just struggling to to stay open i mean yeah like there was all ages bands and whatever, but like there wasn't, there wasn't enough money and you know, enough, enough excitement or whatever. I don't, yeah. I don't know exactly what it was, but yeah. And I think it felt a little more fractured at the time mm -hmm. too. Um, I do think it was, it was, it was a timing thing for sure, but the venue played a pretty, especially retrospectively, a pretty important role in a lot of young people's lives at the time. I mean, mm -hmm. Trevor from Youth Lagoon and Ukiah and all these, like a lot of people that are Logan Hyde and like there's a lot of like talented musicians to see now that cut their teeth at that venue, yeah. right? And like, yeah. Yeah. Man, when I was I was talking to Kai, I finally uh we were talking before here, but uh I hadn't seen him in a couple of years. Well, I, I saw him at Tree Four last year, but just briefly, but I hadn't like got to hang out with him for uh quite a few years. And so he was playing a um DJing up at Hap Hap and so Jeremy texted me, like, You guys here? I'm like, I'm I'm there. So I went down and was checking uh listen to him but we talked for a little while and it was just interesting because he was talking about uh just some old stuff growing up and it's like man when you guys talk about this it makes me so jealous i didn't grow up here because like i grew up in a tiny town it wasn't going on i mean like i played in you know church worship like group and that was about it but to like see like so many kids just play play and then the city grew and like the excitement grew and you see all those kids and like stuck with it are like doing some cool, doing shit, some cool stuff. And I think that's even now it's like even expand. Like it's just like the young scene in this town right now is really vi vi vibrant and the bands are just getting better and better, you know? Mm -hmm. So that was that wave, but like the new wave of kids and especially like Boise rock school started about when we started. Okay, and yeah. so now I don't know how familiar you are with that program, but my, I have a 10 year old daughter and she's in it and I know those guys pretty nice. well, but so many of the young bands coming up now, also have that level of education where they've been able to nurture like learning how to play in a band together with other kids and like write music and so it's you can just see the overall just like the the talent level just con yeah. continue to rise here which is pretty exciting i mean you ever heard of uh yeah. the ten thousand hour rule mm, yes but i re like 
reiterate it. It's like, um, I don't know who came up with it, but there's a book by Malcolm Gladwell and he talks a lot about it, but he's like every successful or professional person has probably put in 10,000 hours. Uh, it's kind of like the, it's probably not, you know, has to be 10,000, but so he tells the story of like the Beatles and the, it seems like they just came, you know, from nowhere across America, but they were actually playing in this, some strip club for like eight hours a night or uh, for like two or three years. And then when they finally crossed the sea, they were, I mean, they were just so tight, you know, and, and he talks about other like artists and basketball players. And so, you know, when you see like a prodigy, say like LeBron James and you're like, oh shit, he's already in the NBA. Like how, you know, yeah. And, but he's like, just, he's been playing since seven for four hours a day and, you know, calculated. And so it, you know, yeah, if you're going to do something really great, it's like, oh, yeah, you you had you start playing early. You start playing a lot. You start playing in bands. You know, you just keep going. You go. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think back to the, like, the expansion of the venue uh, ecosystem here in the last year, like what I've been seeing is like the better the bands that are, were already a little more established and better are now, you know, playing Treefort Music Hall and like. You know, the Knit's been there for a long time and they've, you know, they like you got to play there. But if it's the only one and, you know, they have a different approach to locals and stuff, and right. it has been kind of a hard nut for a lot of locals to crack sure. if they've even, even wanted to. But now it's all of a sudden you see then the smaller venues, there's more space for somebody else to, you know, you just see like the, to your point about the time, mm-hmm. like there's now more opportunities and there's more rooms that need filled so that, yeah. that that's creating like the demand for for bands and it's like mm-hmm. yeah it's cool like just seeing it like really pick up steam recently and and then for me i've been loving seeing local bands you got to play at trooper music hall recently like you know like you were saying like the lights and the sound it just like instantly levels them up yeah and, and it's good practice too to know how to play on a bigger stage, yeah, stage like, like a, that too because yeah. it's a different approach like you it know? is i mean i, mean, I like, love house shows but that's a way that you're going to get so much direct feed uh-huh. fe- feedback when you're on a big stage there's like yeah you know, it's, it's just different but it's, that is, it's awesome that's very true yeah like we played a man, one of our earlier ones we played when this might have been the second or third show with no, I think it's the first show with Brock. Do you know Brock Bartell? Yeah, yeah. Um, so yep. he used to play with us, and he was after Ukiah, and so, but Ukiah knew some friends, and this was still when he was in school at BSU, and he was in some frat, and uh, we played at this house at Lincoln, and I mean, we could barely squeeze in a hundred people. We pushed out this window, and it's just like it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, we could have played. Everyone played the wrong notes, and totally. it still would have been exactly. like, yeah, you know. Exactly. So it's really like fun and easy, but then you go to like you know then you're like oh i gotta get on my shit and like how do i get energy up and totally. you know, filling people out etc which i just love that like as far as if we look at like training grounds for like local bands for them to get that experience and may- maybe work through the kinks and i know like our tech team here is like super friendly and supportive and you know it's like sometimes people that haven't even played with monitors before and yeah. instead of like being assholes and ridiculing them for being dumb it's like oh well this is how monitor work you know it's like coaching sure. people up and stuff you know it's like because yeah. you got to learn somewhere you know it's like yeah. yeah so are you guys still um so does do you guys still book at some of the other venues like neurolux or olympic or so at the end of this summer we pulled out we i had since the olympic opened i think 2016 like I, I helped them kind of develop that whole place and sure. had been in-house booking that place. But as we opened the shrine and everything else, and we kind of, we decided to let that go at the end of last summer. Okay. Um, but we are still with the owner and Neurolux helping book there. Yeah. And then, you know, between the two floors at shrine and he, here at M- music hall, those are kind of the main rooms that we're sort of like helping ma- manage the calendar, yeah. but we still take shows to like the shredder or visual arts collective. Sure. Um, and then, uh, we we've been doing shows at the olympic we haven't done one in a while so yeah but we've historically done shows at the reef and we you know we help with other outdoor stuff so, so we still like doing all those other yeah. things but the reef did they just stop doing music all together and now they're just restarting yeah they pretty much and i i guess i knew they weren't really doing music for a long time yeah so and i and i and i know they did you see that they just announced they're yeah. they're bringing it back mm-hmm. and i was like I guess for me, I didn't even know they made a conscious decision to stop. Right. Just, yeah, you know? me either. I just, <laughs> yeah, like, I yeah. assume they were. But yeah, I exactly. Didn't see same. Anything, yeah. Same. Yeah. So, what is about like some of the venues that open up for Tree Fort that aren't normally open? Um, for example, Edelman. 
like do they just do other events yeah they're they're like private event spaces okay and... so then you just like they open them up for tree four yeah because there's a couple and i'm like oh shit i didn't yeah. know this space exactly exactly ate them upstairs was one of them because it's cool last year it? when we were there that's that was more like a lot of electronic stuff and i was just like oh I, i've like i've been to you know press and pony and some of the other spots but i'd never been up there like, yeah what? those are cool and that's why for us like taking over the shrine because we've been using that since 2013 mm -hmm. Mostly just for the festival, and we've done some one-off stuff, but it's like kind of labor intensive to bring stuff in. So it's been fun to now take that space and make it a more permanent actually, yeah. music space. Dude, speaking um, of that place, yeah, yeah. Haley showed me this uh, picture. Oh, you saw of it? Of the ghost yes, or whatever. Yes, like that. it's Dude, crazy. Nuts. But of course, so, if it's an old enough building, there has to be ghosts. So. Totally. For I don't sure. know if I'm a ghost guy or not, but <laughs> she showed me, me the picture. I was like... I don't know how to explain uh, this one. Totally, it's I was like, wild. I don't think they had long exposure of photography I back know, then. I mean, I, I could know. be wrong, but especially because the rest of it's not it's right. Clear, Everyone like... else is there, and then there's just this. That's <laughs> crazy. There's like a half man on this. What is it, like 1920s photo or something? I think it's 1950s, but it just yeah. looks like that. I know it's so funny. We were on a ghost mission, and we found one in a photograph, which yeah. was like that's actually an interesting place to find one. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I, I'm not really good friends, but I'm like acquaintances with Brando who, oh, yeah. so he, yeah. he does a lot of booking through yeah. uh, some yeah. electronic stuff and through yeah. you, I guess. But, um, yeah, it's interesting to watch. I've been to the festival that he works or helps with connection yeah. and to see like, not, I guess not the differences, but you'll see like, a, I mean, that festival has to be growing somewhat, but they've been around for like, they've had like. I don't know, 10 or 11 years as well, yeah. but then they'll like kind of shrink and then they'll grow a little bit again. Um, so to see like uh, Tree Ford kind of steady growth and stuff, I don't Speaking of Brando and I think in it and Sam, who does connection and one of the yeah. fun things we've been having and as part of a kind of a core a little bit too with the spaces is now like, you know, being in a position to better nurture other promoters and stuff, folks sure. that want to do their own EE events. And I think, sometimes maybe a misconception about us might be that we just want to control everything right. and book all the events, but that's actually not true. We just kind of wanted to like, we've just been pushing so hard to create the space for this music yeah. scene to I would imagine to if you wanted to control things, you wouldn't allow ravers. So. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but it's, you know, we, I, you know, I don't want to overuse the word, but I really think from the ecosystem model yeah. and like, we need all these things to like, for the energy to like move, you know, and we need lots of people putting energy into it and not just, you know, it's like, yeah, we're gonna we we want to promote what we're excited about. We want others to promote what they're excited about too. Yeah. You know, yeah. So, even our approach to the festival has always been we've always worked with other promoters or people part of different niches, and um, it's been kind of as opposed to us being like here we're we're gonna program everything. You know, I don't sure. know. It's been part of our approach from a community mindset, I guess. Yeah, I feel like depending on um, who I've talked to in the past, I'll be like. If you talk to somebody in hip hop, they're like, oh, there's not like, oh, there's just not a vein for this or, or like hardcore. Like sometimes I'll talk like, oh yeah, the hardcore scene's really booming. But I, I mean, if I were to think about going to a hardcore show, I'd be like, yeah, the shredders are game. Yeah, that's about that, it. But exactly. maybe as it grows, there's some more spots, you know? Yeah. And that's a good example. Like we've been hosting hardcore stuff, but like underdogs and uh, Boise Hardcore, like that's kind of the, they're they specialize in that and they know that, right. so they do a lot of stuff with the shredder, but then they go other places, and yeah, stuff. But and I know nothing about that genre. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. And then the hip hop scene, I agree, is you know, in you know, it's like all those need champions, but I do think like, you know, what I've been hearing because we've been working with a bunch of these folks, like, they, you know, a lot of those folks were just hitting dead, 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 dead ends for a while in yeah. in Boise. There just wasn't a, like this, enough space or venues that wanted to host some of that stuff, right? You know? But we're definitely so, not going to allow country, though, right? Definitely not. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, would, I would assume. No Nickelback, no. No, no pop country, at least. Yeah. No, there's there's got to be space for that, too. No, I, I like a lot of the country stuff. <laughs> I know, but I want to be careful if you're recording this. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, like being a muso for so long, it's, it's like, because I grew up in a small town in Pennsylvania, and everyone I knew listened to country. And for some reason, I hated it even back then. And then I moved to Alabama, and like I'm playing rock and roll. Yeah. I'm just like fuck country. Yeah. And nowadays, everyone loves country, yeah. and I just I think I just have it ingrained in me. I'm like I'm not allowed. No. I will never no. allow myself to like country, <laughs> <laughs> even if I like start to think I like a song. I'm like no, turn it off. I don't like it. <laughs> I can't allow it. I can't allow it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't know if that's like true or not, but. Yeah, it's funny. I grew up with a lot of country music too, and 
I, I like the, the country that I like, but yeah. I, I don't like all of it. Yes. I mean, like with any music, like, I don't know, I just get the more commercial side of it. For me, the glossy side of it, it loses my interest. And sure. it, I mean, I'm, and not to say it's, that stuff's not authentic, but it comes across to me as yeah. less authentic. <laughs> yeah, I always got annoyed with, uh, I mean, I guess this isn't a rule that fits across the board, but I always got annoyed with like, Oh, you, they picked a star, and then there's a, there's a ton of writers. They of course they wrote like the then the number one hit, but I guess a lot of pop does that too. And I'm a exactly. sucker for pop, exactly, so, exactly, you know, exactly. So you you like I don't know. It's just like rules of one genre, not another. But most of my musician friends always hated on me because I I'm such a sucker for pop. <laughs> That's cool. And I'm like, dude, did you hear this new Britney yeah, song? Nice, <laughs> like, Josh. Nice. We're trying to play rock, rock and yes, roll. Here. I love it. It's nice having a ten-year-old daughter. I get, I get to, you know, I, I get permission to go to kids' movies, and I get permission to listen to pop, pop music. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> Man, some of the artists that have made it, I don't know. I you'd have to be what twenty to thirty years that are still making hits that, um, that that go to that that twelve-year-old, and you're like, I was listening to this when I was sixteen. Yeah, or whatever. yeah, yeah. Um, that's somehow impressive and like i'm like i don't know if you're so generic or so talented i'm not sure which but that you know you have a, like a parent and a kid they both go to the show and they're both like this is awesome yes it's fun with pop music too i was just thinking of a few examples where uh you know it's classic like you know i liked them before they they were they were they were famous and it's funny how that affects uh-huh. you, know, you know things but because like I too I I like pop music like I you know, like hooks and stuff yeah. like that you know but I also like just weird psychedelic music so yeah <laughs> you know, like, man we just went to uh, um not just but the last show I went to the vac was Matt Hopper uh huh nice and um one of the other artists was um I forget the name of the band but the guy who plays bass his name's Creed. And he was roommates with my girlfriend Cinda, um, but they're like psychedelic rock. And yeah, they're, like, they're dope. But I never hand seen trembler them. probably was it hand trembler? Hand yeah. trembler. Yeah. yeah, it was funny because Cinda was saying about uh, she, she was like when I was living with them, I used to see them practice all the time, and she's like, I don't really understand the the name. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. she's like, do you yeah. like do you have some sort of disorder? He's like, no, it's because I'm an alcoholic. Ah, interesting. <laughs> and I, I knew exactly because I was huh. like, I've worked at bars for 15 years. I'm like, I see the guy who's just like, yeah, that's funny. I never thought of that. Yeah, yeah. we used to make fun of this one kid. He would, uh, I won't name him, but <laughs> he would come into work and uh, he would just like pour, like hold like a beer over. And some of the other guys were like, "Yeah, I'll have a martini, shake it." Yeah, <laughs> because they're just like shake it the whole way over. Oh my but yeah, I mean, and I, to be fair, I've been on benders and I've been there where, yeah. uh, you know, I'm like I, I need a drink. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I have never been into psychedelic rock that much. But, huh. um, yeah, of course, I'm. I've been discovering like I've never been into electronic that much until the last couple of years, and then got invited to Connection, and and as I like dive into it you know i'm like i was one of those guys who when uh djs first came on at least more popular i pushed back against it so hard because i was just like same yep. we played it yeah you know we practice we perform live totally. and, you yep. know but um i've come to understand like they do you know the production does, side of yeah, it is they, they do, do a lot ton of yeah. stuff you know yeah. and, like with anybody, some a lot more than others. Yeah. Sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you yeah. still have some that don't do a lot live, totally, but then yeah. the production value is so good. Yeah, yep. you know. yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, they're they're pretty fun actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Um, man, I was trying to think of what else. Oh, so this year, so are you guys? It's is it the twenty third? Twentieth. It's twentieth to the twenty fourth. Oh, yeah. So twenty twenty four, twenty twenty four. So I still got. I was telling you, I still got to talk to Jeremy because. I think he said he was playing. Yep. I'll be in Scottsdale. So I'm like, let me see if I can get So the, the 23rd is the Saturday. So yeah, may, maybe you can come home for Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. Well, and I was <laughs> like, well, I might need, I have to, if I come up, I'm going to have to plan like a day or two before so I can practice. But um, yeah. Because I'm the least important musician, because <laughs> uh, they were playing without a keyboard player uh-huh. for a while. Yeah. So then I was just an addition. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> we did this at Flipside. There was like one song I just, didn't really know yeah. i just like turned my thing down i'm just like yeah. that's awesome that's awesome <laughs> i love that but 
Um, so now I might have to do that if I come up. Yeah. yeah. Dude, thank yeah. you, man. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I just want to do this and like pick your brain a little bit. And Yeah, I was saying one thing to add, just like I was thinking as you were talking about that and also bands like Matt Matt Hopper, you know, like for me, he's like pop music in a lot of ways. He writes great yeah. hooky songs, but I think one thing I like, I think at the core of what we're doing and with the festival and in general is I just like more people being involved in the music scene and playing like you, you and I are both kind of casual folks like on stage now, but yeah. like that's a healthy part of our lives too. And it's like, it's a cool way to connect with folks and to be part of a, a community. And I also just like creating more space for people to just hear music from people that aren't, most people buy tickets to go see people that are famous, right? That's like why they buy a ticket. Sure. But I think to just go and experience music and just like the environment around it. I like, I love the experience of live music where you can kind of, there's permission to not talk to anybody, but you get to be around a lot of people, you know? And like, sure. I, I just like, I think, you know, I think during the pandemic, I really saw the starkness of, you know, for me, and there was a lot of things we were missing. There was a lot of benefits to it too, but like, that just getting together the the casual ability to reconnect with your with your near neighbor as opposed to just like getting yelling at each other on on the internet <laughs> you know it's yeah. like like i just think the soft diplomacy of gathering in live music spaces i just love it i've loved it since i first discovered it and yeah. so it's just fun to create that world i guess yeah and then to encourage people uh, one thing i love every time i hear from artists around tree for they they like they they went and they saw their friends were playing like, wait a minute, I, I can do that too. And just like being encouraged, you know, more, more than anything. Yeah. So. There's funny, I, uh, there's been quite a few. So I used to work at um, this bar out on 10 Mile and McMillan called Rudy's. Do you know it? No. Um, it's, I never heard of it when I worked downtown. Like I used to work at PF Chang, so I was like Bodo guy. And the only reason I went to uh, Bodo now was for... Um, uh, sushi spot um, uh, oh yeah Yotomo, yep which is like my favorite but anyway i i had uh i had been working in solar for a while and i was going back into bars and my friend was like you should work out of rudy's i was like i don't even know where that is they're like yeah 10 mile and i was like are, there's farms out there they're like it's been developed but so then i've been there four years but it's just a very different crowd like yeah. I mean, there's a lot of tr Cali transplants, but still a lot of like uh, construction workers and, you know, all that kind of area out there. Um, but to start hearing people be like, oh, yeah, we're going to Tree Fort. And I was like, I would have never assumed that you guys yeah, would be going to Tree Fort. Yeah, like, it was a very different, you know. And so to hear, like, when you start hearing other like people that wouldn't, I wouldn't have expected that five years ago. And now to see these people like get excited about tree for like, Oh yeah. Like this art, you know, and we went down for this. And, That's awesome. And then like here in like, so I'm a, uh, I have this group of, I call them the Mexicans, but <laughs> uh, so like all of my Mexican friends who I would have never expected to be down here. And then like three or four times I've been hanging out with them. They're like, we're going to the tree for hall. And I'm That's like, awesome. wait, what? That's, that's great. <laughs> and they're yes. like, yeah, it's reggaeton. And I was yeah. like, oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I yeah, love that. It's, it's really cool to see yeah. like, it's just bringing in a lot of different communities and stuff. Yeah. Ex yeah, exactly. And yeah, I love it. Um, so fun. And then speaking of what you said about like, uh, like people go to see famous people, but yeah. you have a, you've had a few people that have become famous. Yeah. I mean, so, like I remember Lizzo, Lizzo yep. and I remember, um, uh the rap group that uh oh um fuck. run the jewels yeah yeah run the jewels yeah yeah and i don't i don't know any other like big ones but um i wasn't i wasn't there for the lizzo one but i heard about mm -hmm. her and i was like i don't really know what that is and yeah then you and see now it it's five like, years later exactly. and you're like what yeah and i love that obviously it's cool that that happened but the cool thing to me And like you will enjoy seeing them if you just realize yeah, that you, start you have to start and somewhere. You, and you might as well. You might as well, yeah. You might as well enjoy them, you know. Yeah. When you can still afford the tickets. Exactly. Or... So it's been fun. And I, to your point of your friends out there, it's like I love one of the, I think 
what I'm one of the things I'm most proud of with Tree Fort is it has shifted people that may not have ever bought a ticket to, to go see bands they hadn't heard or heard of. Yeah. They're now willing to do that and are realizing that, that they're rewarded for it too. They're like, mm-hmm. I found a bunch of cool new bands, like cool new 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 music. And yeah. I didn't it's just a new place for them to find talent, which is good for the talent, good for them. And yeah. it's cool. Yeah, I uh I think I like that a lot about the festival because I I mean even as somebody who has been a local musician sometimes i will hear of just some random local show and i'm like they're probably gonna be shitty i don't want to (laughs) go but like when you go to like a festival you're like oh it's gonna be like at least a level of Mm -hmm. you know they played a little bit and got their shit together yeah um and that's that's pretty dope and then how it functions with the local scene to that point is like all the locals know they're now playing on a national stage so they'll like mm-hmm. work they work harder get your shit together, your shit together. <laughs> they'll go re- record and that's one of the things i think the festivals function too even like the submission pro- process has you know bands like oh i need a bio i need a photo it just kind of mm-hmm. like prof- helps them get their professional side t- yeah. together but it, the locals that get the most out of the festival also rehearse for it maybe try to do something special because yeah. i think it, it gets too easy to just go go play your gig you know and right. not like try very hard yeah <laughs> you know? yeah but it kind of like pushes people to like, it's a moment in time once a year where they're like, oh, we, we had to bring our, our A game. Yeah. So their A game gets better every year. You yeah, know? that's true. So, and I then like I mean, if they're, uh, then you're also, now you're still at the, you're at the bottom, even though you're at this big spot. You're yeah. like, okay, so I need people to be like, yep. I want to perform my best because I'm com- like well, yeah. in that healthy competition competing with exactly. all these other bigger artists that are at other venues yeah. so like what are we going to do like what are we how are we going to pull out the totally. all the stops totally yeah. and it's cool like the locals have home home field advantage like they yeah. they can bring in like a sax player that they're their friend you know other people are traveling yeah. like I, I think the locals realize that and then I just love that it also functions in contextualizing our local scene on a national stage and it turns out our local bands are pretty good you yeah. know it's like but when we were like just isolated, you know, it's easy to be like, you know, and it's good for the national scene to get. Anyway, so that's kind of how I think it functions in yeah. a lot of ways. Yeah. And I like it when the locals try, try, try hard. It's good. Yeah. Well, it's good for them, you know. It's like yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's like having a deadline, you know. It's like yeah, forces us all to get it done. Yeah, man. I I, I think deadlines are. They're my nemesis, but they're needed. <laughs> totally, <laughs> totally. Exactly. If I don't have a deadline, yeah. I won't get you done. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of which, I have the tree fort schedule done by tomorrow, so I'm feeling the heat. But I was like, you know what? I'll take a break and have a conversation with you. <laughs> <laughs> do, you do you do this thing where uh, I take I take on too much, uh-huh. and it, part of me think that's really good because then it lights a fire under my ass. Mm-hmm. But then the other part of me, when I get under those crunches, I'm like, what the fuck did I just do? Totally. And I mean, like to to my personal shit is like, so I have the stuff that pays the bills mm-hmm. is, you know, like a video project and mm-hmm. a photo project. Mm-hmm. And then, and I haven't released a podcast in two weeks or yeah, three weeks. So and yeah. I'm like, God damn it. Gotta like, get, yeah. So I'm like, my shit will get put on the back burner yeah. because I like took on too many projects. Mm-hmm. I still haven't figured out how to manage all this. No. But. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, I, yeah, for me, it's just, just gotta keep swimming. Yeah, I mean, I just ate <laughs> up an hour of your time, and you it's good. <laughs> it's good. It's all good. Um. Well, yeah, man. I, I won't cool. take up any more of your no, time. That's good. Thanks. I don't know if you need to plug anything. No. I mean, the festival, but everybody knows that. But. Yeah, that was fun. I appreciate any, the conversation. Uh, do you have any new uh, exciting things that you're allowed to tell uh, for this year over? about the festival? Yeah, yeah. Like you're not ha- opening up like another hall. We're not. Okay. No. In fact, this year, if That'd anything, so if you were, it right? was. Yeah. If anything, we're kind of, you know, we're pairing back slightly where you know it's a year we're not going to do any like for a few different reasons things too too far out of bounds but um it's been fun as i think we're pretty well known for activating weird spaces and stuff but this year i think we're going to focus on what what's here um i am excited we're going to use the morrison center for the first time so on the saturday night we're doing this this guy patrick watson i don't know if you're familiar with him but he's from montreal and he's pretty well known as particularly in more of the performing arts center spaces Mm -hmm. and he's done a lot of soundtrack type stuff but he's going to perform with the Boise Philharmonic there yeah, and then cool. I think like Ballet Idaho and LED and a few other dance companies are going to be involved somehow so that's yeah. kind of a new project especially with Main Stage being right across the river from Morrison mm-hmm. Center probably gives the opportunity to use that so yeah. I think that's intriguing there's going to be a, uh, a roller derby grand prix like race in the 
we're still finalizing it, but I think I think but in the Main Street's bus station that we just oh, toured wow. this, it's on Sunday, which I think will be a unique. Yeah. Like, have 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 you been out down there? No, I I just went down. It's like a it's like a subway almost, but you go down. There's like an island, and then there's like a bus track that goes all the way around. They don't yeah. run, they don't run the buses on Sunday, so they so they, they actually were like, hey, you want to do like a yeah. ro- roller disco down here? Well, didn't so, last year you so. didn't you play at the old bus station or didn't they? Yeah. A- so then that yeah. So then this is probably going to be confusing for pe- people this year. So now the actual bus station we're going to do something right. Like, but the Greyhound bus station, the old Greyhound bus station, um, yeah, we activated that last year, yeah. but now this new organization called Idol Film Society. Have you heard of them? Mm-hmm. They're actually using it as a cool film hub now. Okay. So there will be some film stuff over there. Oh, but nice. that's a good example. We're not going to build a stage in that parking lot and do the right, right. What, what we did last year. So yeah. anyways. Um, the one thing I just saw yeah. uh, was, I, I guess there's some, something happened with um, the historical district, like where Space Bar is uh-huh. and the liquor license. Yeah. So they're going to have yeah. to figure that out or I something. Know. Huh? yeah. I remember last a, year they had just got their doors open. Yeah, for their barely. New spot. Like, it which was, was yeah, we we were, we know them well. They're great. We were both on the same timeline. Yeah, yeah. It's like, just like we trying barely. To get get, yeah, exactly. I know that's a whole other conversation. Just like the liquor laws here, just really challenging for small businesses. And mm-hmm. Will at Space Bar and his partner, I can't forget yeah. his name right now, have been really vocal about it and really like it's important because like because of where the in order to obtain a liquor license, like either you know, Will and I have talked about this, like you're either like old money or you're new money coming to town, but there's not a lot of room for like young entrepreneurs right. here because the, the the barrier to entry is, is so high, which yeah. is really anti-business. Really, you know, it sucks because, you know, that's one thing you go over to Portland, Oregon, and you know, granted they have a few different rules themselves, but it's a lot easier to obtain a liquor license unless you see a lot more like food and beverage places and venues mm-hmm. be able to open up and people can take chances. But you know, so like if you think of the entrepreneurial like e- ecosystem around hospitality, right? A, a liquor license is pretty make or break to your ability to pay the bills. You yeah, know? I had see, I had seen something about it because I'd heard a lot about his struggles with yeah. that stuff, and then I've had I mean I've been in um, food and beverage for yeah, 15 years, yeah. and then I had other roommates just involved, and it's like that old money or it's like the bars that already have the money they're gonna do everything they can to own the the ones and then just hold that control over you know like oh yeah i'll rent it to you for whatever exactly but um it does seem i guess a little bit arcane and i didn't know if that was like the more religious nature of idaho or the conservative side um but i think maybe at one point but now i agree with you i think it's a little bit more like those that have yeah, uh, like, like we don't want more bars competing. Exactly, you know? exactly, yeah. yeah, and somebody was comparing it to some other, like a hunting license or something. But they're just like, or a driving license, where it's just like, why would you make somebody pay five thousand dollars to do to do something that is very standard? Yes, there should be rules. You know, yeah. if you serve an underage or you totally. get it revoked, etc. Yeah. But like, why is there this barrier of entry? Yeah, exactly. You know, it's very, very strange. Yeah, they're just because be, and and it, they actually are not that expensive just when they like from the state yeah. but because they're limited it it's creates like this like secondary market yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly yeah and i'd heard i had heard stories of people just like putting their name in a lot you know paying that little bit and then they get it you know yeah. uh, there was some bar that opened on vista for a year because then you, you had to open you have to put it and then somewhere he's like oh and then i could sell it for 300k yeah, exactly like, yeah, yeah. yeah. i don't know so, that much about it but it seems that's that's the fucked. general yeah <laughs> well then they pass a new the new legislation on it last year that I think over time, my read on it, over time, I think it will essentially fix it, but in the near term, it kind of just fu- fucked it all up. Yeah. <laughs> it made it even worse in some yeah. ways. Yeah. I had just seen Spacebar posts about yeah, it. Yeah, it's cool. My friend Julie works for them, so um, I know that that, that was one I was, uh, I'd been going to the old one for, for a long time, and I was like, ooh, this is going to be a game changer for them when they got their liquor license, so hopefully the they'll get it figured out by then or just as soon as possible for them. Cause I'm sure that's a, it's a huge, uh, totally. The yeah. whole, the whole can cocktails and yeah. all that stuff seems to have helped a little with, it does help. Yeah. I, like I go to Sturman's a lot, which is uh-huh. a uh, yeah. lounge and cool. I, you know, it's nice to go to bars where you can get liquor. Yeah. But then if you're not, um, if you're at a beer and wine spot, you're like, Oh, I can still you get can a get, Moscow meal yeah, exactly. or something. So yeah. whenever that shifted, I don't know those laws, but yeah, that seemed to help a little. It does help. Yeah. But yeah, there's some, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Thanks dude. Thank you. Appreciate it. Appreciate it coming good on. Good stuff. Yeah. No worries.